Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So, what do you get when you take a smart ass sex and dating expert who's a little too smart for his own good? And you take a smoking hot vixen with just the right amount of naughty and nice. And together they point out all the very stupid things men and women do in the world of sex and dating. You get a juicy little podcast that is smart, sexy, and will knock you on your ass. It's unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is Believe in the Sex Playbook, and it starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome to Believe in the Sex Playbook. I'm your host, John Ibrahim, coming to you from the Windy City here on Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And today, sitting in for my sassy co-host, Shay, is my good friend, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah. If you guys uh, recall, if you avid listeners to all of our shows, and you better be, Sarah sat in when Shay was on vacation and recorded a show with us as well. She brings a lot of expertise to the table in that she's a clinical counselor and she's also someone who did the single dating scene for for quite a while. Just a little bit. (laughs) So not only can she give us the perspective of her single dating life, but she can also give us the head shrinking perspective from her counseling experience. So we're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. All right. If you love the show deep down in your heart of hearts, then please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Sex Playbook and rate us with a five-star rating. You can find and believe in the Sex Playbook on your favorite podcast directories, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others we'll mention at the end of the show. And of course, you can always find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's B-L-E-A-V. So how you doing, Sarah? Not too bad. How are you? I am awesome. Thanks again for sitting in. Oh, no problem. So what are we talking about today? All right. So this is a topic that everybody loves complaining about, mostly women, and that's uh, men's fear of commitment. Ah, so we're looking at, at you for a little bit. You could have uh, always just scheduled a session with me. <laughs> oh, how, much, uh, how much do you charge by the hour? I don't know. <laughs> I'll end up going broke. Probably. <laughs> that's a lot of hours. Well, you know, right off the bat, when men don't commit right away in a relationship, they're labeled as having a fear of commitment, almost like a cliche, right? Yeah, we women freak out thinking, oh my God, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with me? It becomes this big nightmare of a problem when, is it really a problem? Well, probably not to the guy because (laughs) (laughs) if it was, he would have committed to her by then, but... You know, really, there can be tons of valid reasons why the guy isn't committing. Now, it may be a problem that he's not committing, but it may not be because he has a fear of commitment. I mean, a fear of commitment, I think, is is a pretty negative label, don't you think? Because that means there is some sort of, there, there's something going on deep down there in his psyche, right? I think it's even too broad of a term saying, you know, fear of commitment. There's a lot of different fears that we have about relationships, and I don't think it's fair to say, you know, oh, you have this fear, so it's bad. Everybody's got their own different kind of dating style. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of people will have a hard time believing this, but it's totally true that men are actually more emotional than women. 
It's just we kind of manifest our emotions in different ways where... Yeah, it's not manly to, to feel exactly emotions. Exactly right. You're allowed to feel angry or happy. Right. Men, men are programmed to repress their feelings, right? Absolutely. And so to keep up the manly image. So while men don't commit as often or as quick as women do, once men do finally decide to commit because they're so emotional, they, they like fall harder you oh, know, yeah. in the relationship. And if that doesn't work out the next relationship becomes that much harder. Yes, right, because they're going off of the... It's kind of like, you know, if you get in a car accident, people are the real skittish when they're behind the wheel, you know, the first uh, few times after that because they're worried about getting in a car accident again. Yeah, and it alters how we drive. Right. Leave it to me to compare relationships (laughs) to a a bloody car crash. (laughs) Aren't some of them, though? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen quite a few. So, right, one... Once they do commit, then they throw themselves in. If they end up breaking up, like what you said, then it's going to hurt a lot harder. And so guys could be like a little bit snake bit from that experience, which could give them pause a little bit the next time the opportunity comes up to have a relationship. Yeah. And I think, you know, women growing up, you know, were programmed, you know, watching the Disney princess fairy tale, you know, looking for Mr. Right for a happy ending. So we're like drilled into our heads that we have to find Mr. Right. Yeah. And men don't have that same experience. Growing up, they like watch action movies and they have these superheroes. Right. It's not drilled into them as, as kids. Right. The only chick flicks they see are the ones they're forced to go to <laughs> with a date. <laughs> that they're quote unquote forced to. Yeah. We all know they like them. Right. So, yeah, we know that breakup relationships and because men, you know, are more emotional, they know how hard it hurts when that relationship goes bad, so they're reluctant to dive into it. It's kind of like eating at White Castle. <laughs> How long are you going to have this shit for? Right, hour, exactly. It? They taste so good, but you know the pain that's going to be coming eventually from it. That's why so, you only eat White Castle like once a month. Yeah. Once the pain wears off. Right, right. And, and you're, it's almost like a cleanse. <laughs> right. So it's not the commitment they're afraid of. It's the potential pain they're going to experience. They're, they don't want to feel that pain again so they're like do i really want to expose myself to potentially having to experience this pain absolutely i think that's part of it but i think an even bigger part goes back to just kind of animals in general men and the male of the species is meant to go out there and like attract the female and do all these crazy fun dances with all their fun colors right mating Uh, calls yeah and that's ingrained in us as a species to have that chase. Yeah. And when it becomes boring and the chase isn't there, and that's, I think, where some of that fear of commitment comes in is it's more of like, well, the chase is gone. Is this going to be boring? Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't want to say that I'm one of those guys, but I can I can relate to that. You know, there is nothing more exciting than like the beginning of dating someone like the first three or four times you have sex with them that's like the best sex that you've ever had with them or um in like the getting to know you phase you're like fascinated by the person you're like oh i can't wait to learn more about them i can't wait to go out and see them and stuff it's that obsession that we get yeah but then after a while Mm. it gets a little bit routine and and that's the problem and i think you know women on our part we kind of fuck that up too you know if we are giving a hundred percent we're always available that takes away the chase so ladies stop being so available and let him chase yeah yeah because that's what he wants to do ultimately you know not like annoying chase not like 
you know, the, the girl who's making you text her constantly when she said she was going to get back to you or something like that. And not outside of your window in a tree somewhere. Not that kind of chase. No, not that kind of chase. There's a reason why I have a fence up around my house. <laughs> All the ladies sitting in the windows? Yeah, right. That's why I have thorn bushes outside so they can't hide in the bushes. Keep them away. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand those guys who are afraid of getting hurt and, and that's giving them pause because myself... Like I can, I can relate. I don't handle loss very well. Like when I first got a puppy, the thought of like one day this dog is going to die before me, even when it was a puppy, I shouldn't be thinking about when this dog is going to die in 10, 12 years, but I don't want to experience that pain. I don't handle loss very well at all. Yeah. We might need to schedule an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> you see that there's some work that needs to be done? Just a little bit. Not, not a lot. <laughs> so, you know, another thing is, a reason why a guy doesn't dive in and commit, the truth is maybe he's just not that into her. Yeah, I think we really need to be okay with that. Not every single person that we date is going to want to be with us. And what I noticed throughout you know, my few years of dating... Um, just a few, huh? Just a few. Um, you forget, I've known you for a while. <laughs> You've heard about them all. I've heard. Um, when I became more invested in a relationship... Those are the ones that wouldn't work out. And the guys that I really wasn't that into were the ones that kept coming around and they wouldn't leave me alone. And I'd oh. have to tell them, leave me, like, go away. <laughs> Was it because of the chase thing? You know, they they, uh, they weren't done with the chase, at least not on their terms? Or I think that's the one correlating factor that I've found is it really was, you know, if I was the pursuer, it was over. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And again, I think that chase can create attraction. Oh, we for want sure. something that we can't we have. We want something we can't have. I get I, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, women who believe that this guy's just afraid of commitment, like I said, he just maybe hasn't made his mind up about you yet. Yeah. So, in that case, give him a little bit of time to, to make up his mind. And believe me, you'll find out what he's trying to get out of you if he just wants sex believe me you're gonna figure that out if he wants a relationship he'll come around just let him get there on his own pushing could just end up pushing him in the opposite direction oh yeah that fear of you know control being controlled and being smothered you know be patient give somebody some time you don't have to know right away um and if he tells you that he's only out for sex believe him yeah you are not going to change his mind magically you know he'll trust what he's telling you his actions are telling you right not just his actions he's verbally telling you if he's saying that he's just looking for something casual yeah there's no secret code that's the thing the big difference between men and women men are very straightforward with their words and women we like to sit there and oh what did he mean by that oh yeah he meant what he said. Yeah. You just don't want to believe it right now. Yeah. And, you know, like what we just said is don't push them. You know, a legit fear of commitment, if they truly are afraid of commitment, a reason could be that they're really um, worried about their loss of their freedom. Yeah. You know, if you lived alone and you came and went however you wanted, you know, if you're in a relationship... They're afraid that that's going to come to an end. Yeah, they lose, you know, masturbating whatatever they want. They can't scratch their and ass on the, the couch anymore. They can't walk around with their balls swinging everywhere. <laughs> that's a big loss and a big adjustment. And men are very, very aware 
that they may lose that. Right. And so women, you could be contributing to that by being like all up on them, being like, hey, when are we you know, going to move in together? Or I need to know where this is going. You know, if you really pressure him, you are almost like... You're pushing him out the door. Right. And if he's afraid of losing that freedom and you're like really, you know, beating the crap out of him about it, you are like legitimate. You're validating his fears. He's like, see, this is why I didn't want to get into it. Exactly. And... If a guy is looking to be mothered, you should run the other way. Oh. But most men don't want to be. (laughs) They don't want somebody, you know, asking them where they're going, what they're doing. They don't want to be controlled and smothered. If they do, probably not a guy that you want to be with because you're going to be probably living with his mom in a few years. Oh, my God. Yeah, in the basement. Right? (laughs) Yeah, give him some space and, and some freedom and he might... Commit a little bit quicker, I think. Yeah, I think most of the guys that I have talked to and the the male friends that I've had do say, you know, they feel happier and more comfortable and they're less likely to look elsewhere when their girlfriend or their wife is chill. Yeah. You know, they're allowed their time with their friends. It's a healthy relationship anyways. Right. Because a lot of people, you know, they get in a relationship and instead of like, there's me and there's you. Now it's like us. Oh, the us. Yeah, and if <laughs> the dreaded us. If it's only just the us, a hundred percent of the time, that's when you're going to drive him away. That's when he feels like he's losing his identity. Now, of course, there's the us for certain things. You know, if you're living together, or things like when you're going to a wedding, or or things like that. There, there are some events that you normally wouldn't go to, but you do have to go to them. Because she's your partner, like, you know, a work event. Right, those little sacrifices. But it can't be us all the time. There has to be, you know, like like I've always said, a way for relationships to last is to like always have date nights and things like that. Well, it's the same thing for maintaining both of your individual identities that you had when you were single. Instead of like a date night a week, you also have let him go do what yeah. men do with his with his bros. Let her go do whatever she does with her girls, you know. You I have think to healthy do it boundaries separate. Yeah, right. healthy boundaries is please go away for a night. Please go out with your friends. Let me have some time alone. Yeah, cuz then he's going to think in his mind like, ah, "I feel like my old self again." And as long as he gets little doses of that old self, then he won't feel like he's losing his identity and that will make him get rid of that fear of commitment. Yeah. Um, I think another big factor with fear of commitment is, you know, people in general have a hard time comprehending forever. Yeah. So when we start thinking long-term, most of us freak out. I think that's a big source of getting cold feet before a wedding. Like, what, the rest of my life I'm going to have to deal with this person? Oh, yeah. It's terrifying for even good things. Yeah. You know, there's people like me because I have a, you know, I have a lot of great things going on in my life. So I'd like to think if I do say so myself, I'm a decent catch. Absolutely. You know, so somebody like, oh, thanks for not disagreeing with me. <laughs> so I, I'm one of those guys, you know me real well, is I'm really picky and I, I don't settle. So, yes. so there's a lot of people out there like me who feels like if I'm going to commit to a relationship... It's got to be somebody like who's worth me altering my life for. Yeah. Like the perfect girl, you know, (laughs) now that's where the problem comes in. I'm smart enough to know that there's no such thing. Uh, Yeah, but not many people are. (laughs) Right. 
But, you know, like I said, I'm smart enough to know there's no such thing as the perfect girl. It's got to be the girl who's perfect for me. There's a difference with that. But the problem is for guys like me who are holding out for finding the perfect girl, that could mask itself as fear of commitment. Some people are like, oh, he just can't commit. He just can't commit. No, it's that I haven't found the girl that at least in my mind, I believe is the perfect girl. Yeah, but I could see it from, you know, any girl that you date's aspect. Well, you know, it's him. It's not me. It may be him in the sense that you aren't the one for him. Yeah. Yeah. So for a guy who has, and I bet a lot of guys, when they hear what I just said, they're probably like, yeah, that's me too. You know, if they feel the same way, what do you think a guy has to do to snap that incorrect opinion that I'm waiting for the perfect girl? There is no perfect girl. What can we do to make the light bulb come on to be like, hey, you're going to have to adjust your expectations (laughs) of what's out there. I think something really helpful is identifying in past, you know, relationships, dating, what are your needs versus what are your wants? Mm, Kind of reading mm -hmm. things on a scale, you know, how important is this? How much am I wanting to settle down with somebody? As that need goes, maybe some of the lower things on the want list start to drop off. Yeah. Um, Really looking at how is this person going to fit into my life and how am I going to fit into theirs? What might this start to look like? Um, But really laying it out, what do I want? So I should probably come to the realization that like Scarlett Johansson isn't going to probably... I thought I saw her out in the thorn bushes outside. You should probably chop those down. Oh, you mean she finally answered my emails? (laughs) Finally. (laughs) A thousand of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, so maybe we have a tad bit of unrealistic expectations, some of us. Bit. What do, what do you think? Why do you how do you think men can start to negate some of that unrealistic thinking and women too? There are women out there that do this as well. I don't know. That's tough. I think what you have to do is I mean, if you still have that mindset, then you're gonna have to, you said it a little while ago, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices and start testing qualities in the girls that you date to see if they really start appealing to you. There might be girls that you date and you're like, hey, she's cool and she's really attractive and I'm sort of into this girl, but she isn't fitting that perfect girl image that I've built up in my mind. So instead, I can just like focus on all the qualities that she does possess that I do like really dig instead of trying to focus on the unrealistic things I wish she had that probably no girl would have. Yeah. Unless she was Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) But I think there's a lot to be said about chemistry too. If you do just have that, you know, undeniable chemistry with somebody, I think it's definitely worth exploring and really weighing that against, you know, are these flaws that I see in this person worth that chemistry that you really can't create any other way. It's not a tangible thing. Right. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, another really common reason why a guy doesn't commit, it's not exactly that he's afraid of the commitment, but it could just be that, you know, like me, I don't know a ton of happily married people. Like, do you? No, not at all. And so if it's so obvious to people like you and me, that means it's got to be obvious to everybody that they look around and yeah, you know, marriages have their flaws. Like, like any marriage, people argue, they do this, that, but then there's some people who are just fucking flat out miserable, you know? Yeah. And nobody wants to be in that position. I think it, not just men, but women too. 
you know, I don't want to be stuck with this person and then hate them. Right. And then I've got to like get a lawyer and do, you know, all this and that. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, just long-term relationships. I'm not a big believer in marriage. Right. I don't think a legal document makes a relationship any stronger or more weak than, than not having one. Right. No. And, and, you know, I've worked because, you know, the fire service is filled with men and I've worked with tons of guys who went through brutal divorces. I mean, they were like ugly divorces and, you know, they're going like round and round fighting over the the dumbest shit and they get depressed. Right. Exactly. You know, they get depressed and they lose weight and some want to kill themselves and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and so people see this. And you're like, why do I want to get into that? Why do I want to put myself in that position? Because there is no guarantees in relationships. But I'll tell you this. If you don't get married, you have a 100% chance that you aren't getting divorced. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people see like marriage is that end goal. Like it gives them permission to be, you know, who they really are, which is for most of us an asshole. Yeah. Like, hey, once I get married, then I can let my asshole qualities out. Yeah. Um, let me hide them until then. Right. But marriage isn't the end goal. That's, you know, a part of that relationship. You know what? That's an awesome statement. I love that statement, actually, that you just said that marriage shouldn't have to be the ultimate goal is being together should, right? Absolutely. In whatever capacity you're together. Why does marriage have to be that goal? I think society tells us, you know, your relationship isn't valid unless you're married. In the eyes of the law, you know, a relationship isn't valid unless somebody's married. Yeah. And I do, I can understand why a lot of people, you know, want to be married. I'm, again, not one of those people. Um, but I don't think it should hold as much weight as it does in people's relationships. Right. It's definitely more of a traditional thing. And you could be the best spouse in the world. And if if someone wants out, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, right. you could be the best spouse in the world and still end up getting divorced because of your asshole spouse that cheated on you or just wants something better. And so people like me, you see that and you're like, why do I want to sub- subject myself to that risk? Yeah, I think sometimes people may have this underlying kind of subconscious thought that, oh, I'll have more control in this relationship if it's a legal binding document. Yeah. Where, oh, if they want to leave, it'll be a lot harder. Yeah. It gives them that false sense of security and control when in reality, we don't have control over shit. Yeah. No, you really don't. I mean, you can control your own actions and and be the best spouse, but in the end... If that person wants to leave, they're going to go right, regardless. They're going to go. Unless you like chain them up in the basement. But <laughs> yeah, right. I Which I that. wouldn't recommend. No, don't do that. Most people frown upon that. <laughs> like Depending. police. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on you know the, the group that you're with. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's chaining people show. up in the bedroom. Some people are into that sort of thing, but that's a whole other show. So, you know, in the end, maybe just like serious relationships, like a true commitment, maybe it's just not appealing to to somebody. You know, I've been labeled more times than I can count of me having a fear of commitment. And, and I really don't. It just isn't that appealing to me. Like, for example, I use this example all the time. I hate eggplant. It's disgusting. I hate everything about it. And I will never eat it. It's yeah. just not appealing to me ever. It, it doesn't. Adult, you don't have to. Right. It, right. I don't have to. It doesn't mean I have a fear of eggplant. It doesn't mean there's some <laughs> deep sorry, rooted, I, I have plants around your yeah, house. deep 
excluded, you know, mania about me and eggplant. I just don't like it. It just isn't appealing to me. Yeah. I don't like the taste. I don't like the consistency. And we don't go around like shaming you for not liking eggplant. No. So why then the idea of a serious commitment doesn't sound appealing to somebody? I'm not saying me necessarily. Uh, asking for a friend. No, just there's a lot of people out there that may not find that sort of relationship appealing. Why do they have to get stamped automatically with fear of commitment? Maybe they just don't want it. And I I think a lot of that stamping comes from the other party wanting a commitment, which can often be a lack of communication on both sides. If you're not looking for commitment, be open and honest about it. Tell the person up front. And if somebody's telling you they don't want a commitment... Again, believe them. Right. Um, kind of a, a story about me, you know, the partner that I'm with now, uh, he and I were quote unquote dating for a year before we decided to be, you know, official. Oh. Um, and, you know, there was kind of that fear of, you know, why isn't he committing? Granted, I didn't speak up either. Yeah. Um, everything, you know, we acted like we were in a committed relationship, but there just wasn't that label. And, you know, this is the second time that he and I had dated. And it it took a lot of both of us exploring, you know, some of his fears, some of my fears for us to finally determine that, yeah, you know, I think we are okay putting a label on this and and making it official, but it's being patient. And both of us were honest that, hey, that might be something that we want to be in this committed relationship, but we're just not sure right now. And that's okay. Yeah. So in closing, what would be your advice to all women out there that seem to think that they have a guy on their hands that they believe correctly or maybe incorrectly has a fear of commitment? What would your advice to them be for resolving that issue? A, be patient. Yeah. You know, take your time. It's not going to help the situation by smothering. Yeah. B, listen to what he's saying and and watch what he's showing you. Um, More so watching what he's showing you. Our actions do speak louder than our words. What are his actions telling you? Yeah. Start to find out a little bit more about him. You know, what are some of his goals in life? Mm -hmm. What are his past relationships like? Yeah. You know, is ask, is there anything about me that bugs you? Yeah. I think that's a really insightful question that we don't ask enough because we usually don't want to hear the answer, but it could give us the answer to the questions that we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's a, it may be a cliche answer, but it's really true is communication is going to be the key that if he seems like he's into you and you guys are spending time together, but there, there seems to be at least when it comes to taking that plunge into making it official and saying that you're definitely a couple, if he seems to pull back whenever you come up to that brink, then just ask him, you know, what's what's the story? Without being confrontational. There's a way that you can ask people things without like, you know, interrogating them because he'll shut down in a second if he if it's something that he's obviously uncomfortable about to begin with. If you Give him the third degree and he's already uncomfortable about it. He's going to withdraw like oh, a motherfucker. Yeah. Don't make the same mistake I did. I asked via text. <laughs> oh, God. It did not go well. Yeah, no. So finally when I, I manned up and I asked him in person, you know, we were able to have a conversation about it. And I realized, you know, a lot of the crazy shit that was going through my head about like, oh, you know, he just wants to date other people. That was my own irrational shit yeah. that I had to take care of right. before he and I were ready to be in it. All right. 
But yeah, it's not a confrontation. So see there, people? You got not only her personal experience from a girl who was in the trenches of dating, but you also got her clinical uh, warning there from <laughs> from the clinical side of it. Yeah, so, listen to the more clinical side. Yeah. But Sarah, would you agree at least, like for us to put this issue to rest, would you agree that it's good news in a way that a lot of these different issues that we just talked about that women incorrectly label as fear of commitment that the good news is, is it may not be a fear of commitment. It yeah, just may absolutely. be something else that could be worked through. Absolutely. You know, letting go of that, that word commitment even. Like, it, it's so cliche anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't need to have an answer right now. You don't need a definition. You know, if you're happy, you're happy. If you're not, you're not. But fear of commitment is so broad. Yeah. Get deeper. Yeah. You hear that, everybody? Get deep. <laughs> Get in their knuckles deep. <laughs> What, are we talking about the same thing still? Are we still talking about commitment? I think this is a different show. Yeah, right. that definitely takes a commitment. So, all right. And that'll do it for today's edition of Believe in the Sex Playbook. I'm John Ibrahim. Make sure to hit me up on Facebook and Instagram with the username, the real John Ibrahim. And please remember to subscribe to the Sex Playbook and give the show a five star rating. Sarah, thanks so much for filling in today. Thanks for having me back. Was it fun? Absolutely. Anytime. Right. And if you guys have any questions that you'd like advice on, feel free to let John know. Yep. And we will connect you with the lovely and talented Sarah. Remember, you can find Believe in the Sex Playbook on your favorite podcast directories, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And of course, always at Believe.com and Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter... Tweet your questions or topics at me and Shay, and I promise we will try to read them in a future episode. You can find me on Twitter at John Ibrahim, and make sure to check out all the other great podcasts on the Believe Network, like the Picks and Parlays radio podcast, where host Chelsea Messenger dives deep into all the sports betting analysis and predictions. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Remember, sex sells. So get yourself some sex and advertise with us. You've been listening to The Sex Playbook on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.